Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two of the three regular co-hosts, um, Daniel Nomad sitting across from me here, Kyle Brackey in front of the whiteboard. He wrote nothing uh, creative or interesting on it after a weekend in Vegas, but there's always Thursday. Uh, so today, real quick, Willie uh, has moved back to Easton, Pennsylvania. So he um, is literally driving there right now, I believe, as we speak. Um Willie is still a part of Glow, still works here, the whole thing. Just, um, yeah, he can get into more of the details. It was a decision he made, and um, we love Willie. And um, so, yeah, what that means for FRL moving forward is officially TBD. So more to come. But right now we've got Nomad, we've got Kyle, and we've got a lot going on. And we're going to start with not the U.S. Open. Let's start with some transfers slash commitment news is one i guess the biggest one the most impactful one austin DeSanto transferring to iowa dan your thoughts uh i think i was trying to uh do the same thing that we saw ohio state do last summer right they everybody's chasing penn state right now and and you get an upgrade at 133 maybe still looking for a guy 141 or after mirror this weekend they found oh. their guy at 141 so yeah, right now I was looking like clear cut second best team in NCAA going into next year. Well, yeah, I I agree with that, and I think you look. There's not going to be many holes. I though I think there's going to be a. Uh, we won't get into it just yet, but there's going to be a pretty major shuffling of the Iowa lineup that I I don't think many people will expect. But yes, when you look at their returning point totals, they're going to be they're going to be outstanding this year. And for me, just fan interest and like juice it, this is maybe the most interesting storyline to follow now not only does it make Iowa at least more of a contender to Penn State even though they're going to be looking up at them probably the entire season but just the fact that Austin DeSanto and Spencer Lee are now on the same team is is freaking amazing well and that's the thing right I mean I saw things yesterday like uh, are they going to need to keep them apart in practice you know is is DeSanto going to or Spencer are going to try and hurt – I don't think they're going to try and hurt each other. It doesn't make any sense. Like, well, what what sort of maniacs would they have to be? I don't think – well, so the word was, and who knows, that DeSantis in the practice room and, like, hurting people and just going way too hard, um, which he goes hard. That's what he does. Um Clark and Thomas Gilman and Spencer Lee, and I'm sure he's going to go with those 41-pounders, Vince Turk, Max Murin, um, Carter Happel. He, it's going to be a different 
it, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be tougher. Now, does he get frustrated with that? Like we saw him get frustrated with Michich. That's what I'm interested to learn. But you have to figure Iowa is going into this with with, with eyes open and understanding. And at least I'm. you should hope that they're going into it with a plan, right? Like you're not just, all right, let's just get this kid in here. He's in uh, you know, we'll plug in his fifth or sixth place points or whatever. There, he's going to require additional care, right? Additional focus and, and to make sure that he's staying on the path, that things are going right, and that they don't have what happened at NCAAs. And, um, you know, if they go into it with, with a good plan, I think this could be a slam dunk. I think the fit is great. Um, when I think Iowa style, you think hard, aggressive wrestling, high pace, great motor. Um, there's some there's some holes in Austin DeSanto's game, but his upside potential, and especially in that Iowa room, you know, we were watching him last year. Kyle and I we were like, dude, he's like, he wrestled more Iowa style than at the point in anyone. before they pulled Spencer's redshirt. He wrestled more Iowa style, conventional Iowa style than anyone on Iowa, right? Who wrestled? With that hard of a pace, that many attacks outside of Spencer after they pulled his red shirt. It's, yeah, I mean, his his pace last year is unlike anything we've seen in a while. I mean, a lot of the Ohio State and Penn State guys have really high attack rates, but he was just nonstop, especially with that uh, tricep pull. Um, who do you think is going to be kind of his main handler? Like, which, you think he's going to be a Terry guy? <laughs> he, dude, I think, yeah, I think Terry. Right? Yeah, right. I just think uh, I think they'll I think that'll be a good connection there. I mean, obviously Terry works closely with with the lightweights. Um, I'm sure Terry and Tom will figure that out. But yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm excited. You know, I was excited for the prospect. If he went to Rutgers, I think that would have been really interesting too. With Soriano, DeSanto, and Ashnault back to back to back, that would have been uh, pretty diabolical. One, two, three punch there. But dude him on Iowa and also Rutgers schedule came out and they're going to wrestle Iowa in Carver Hawkeye which means which means Suriano DeSanto yes yes that's very which exciting. I think because uh, I said that yesterday too on Twitter and that surprised some people but I feel like we've talked about Suriano going up before Suriano's been <clears throat> I knew Suriano was going up like in the I don't even know it's like before conference he had weekend, rest- right? Oh, no, way before that. Like, it was like November. Yeah. They're like, he's going out next year. It might have been before the season. It's like, this This is it. Yeah. One one year at 25, and he's going back. He's going up to 33. How about uh, how many PA guys could be in the starting lineup for Iowa next year? Well, it, so it's Spencer, Spencer DeSanto. DeSanto, Murin. Kimmer. Kimmer. And then if Young gets in, right? If Young gets in, that's crazy. Also smart. It's half their lineup. Yeah, it's very half smart. Lineup. Who's from Iowa? Like nobody. Nelson Brands. He's not. Gonna yeah, he's start not going to start. <laughs> so, and I mean, did, did that kind of Cash Wilkie? He's from Cash Iowa. Wilkie, down at eighty-four probably, because Jacob Warner, and we'll get to him. Nationwide problems. Uh, yeah, but. You know, when you look at Iowa, in the state of Iowa high school, we've been discussing this. It's not been great. There's not been many guys coming out that are like impact dudes. So yeah, you got to look. 
and got to outsource. This year, the ones who we consider the best are leaving state. Teske, Thompson, yeah, right, going other places. And now Iowa State is kind of picking off a few guys here and there. Yeah, they got a Shapiro, and uh, yeah. they already had Marcus Coleman, et cetera. So, yeah, that's uh, so it's exciting. Can't wait for that. Other quick notes, nothing to really discuss. Sedarian Perry, who won all of our hearts at NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern Michigan foolishly cut their program. Sedarian Perry to ODU. Um, so, Were you guys surprised by that? I guess I thought it was going to be a school in the Big Ten. And, you know, he only listed, when we talked to him, he only gave us like four other schools he was looking at, and I thought it was a lot more than that. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, um, I mean, with Steve Martin, never count the man out. They've been doing well getting transfers. They had Larry Early uh, last year. No, I, yeah, I was completely surprised. I had no idea who Yeah, me too. So Willie was the one to talk to him. Did he say anything about, you know, that I have this specific major, you know, and it's like ODU is one of only six schools that has it, anything like that? or <laughs> That's probably – that's unlikely. I'm just saying <laughs> some kids, though, that's – that that's their I thing know. is like yeah they got this really specific. If major he was at Stanford maybe, uh, yeah. but go, if he's going to ODU as an as an alum, uh, allow me to corroborate that that's not yeah that's pro- not probably it. Okay, and Jay Nabis to Stanford, which is exciting. Excited to watch him at the next level. Okay, that was the non U.S. Open stuff. We'll probably we're going to be U.S. Open USA wrestling focused the rest of the way, as um, we should be. Starting with, I, I don't understand where this is coming from. The, um, and it's, maybe it's just I'm just um, honing in on a couple tweets. But the idea that the U.S. Open field was weak, or that somehow the new process has made the field weaker, I don't. It's it's identical, guys. There's there's nothing different. There's nothing about the process that prevented Nathan Tomasello. Mark Hall, Kendrick Maple, Bobby Telford, Zahid Valencia. Zahid Valen- There's nothing about the process. Zane, Zane Rutherford, Zane, Jason Nall, Bo Nickel. Where are you at? Vincenzo. Vincenzo. Because those guys, Thomas L's hurt. Not mm-hmm. a process thing. Not wrestling. Rutherford's already qualified. Zahid's already qualified. They would have been qualified under last year's uh, things. And those at 65. And 79, and a couple of weights, five of the weights, there was huge incentive to wrestle and win the U.S. Open because you get right. a buy to Final X. So it's not – the field wasn't weak because of Final X. These guys are just elected to not wrestle. They may not be wrestling at all. Most right. of those Penn State guys, to my knowledge, are just not wrestling. And there's a U23 option available now, which there wasn't until a year ago. That's not USA Wrestling's fault. There's now an additional world-level – age-level medal to try to win. Well, I mean, you could say university's kind of been there, too. But we have America hasn't sent a team to University World since 2014. Dang. We won that year. Right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, when, we, Dude, that's we, when we kicked everybody's butt. Yeah, it was we had insane. like six golds. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I forgot about that. But, yeah, so we have an additional world-level, consistent world-level where we know it's going to be every year, U23s. So yeah. I don't – also, I – can we talk about these are the best qualifying procedures we've ever had? Yeah, I think they're perfect. Okay, so first of all, well, we can get into the wild card thing in a second. I don't personally like wild cards because they screwed them up in 2015. And they had to give a second round of wild cards. 
Then you use our actual domestic level tournaments in the Bill Farrell and the Dave Schultz as opposed to Northern Plains and Northeast Regional. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we're comparing you. You have to medal against a field of, of other good Americans and foreigners as opposed to just like, oh, we got some mats down here at Regional and see if some senior guys show up. Yeah. One time Kyle Dake qualified by beating Mason Manville. And Kyle when Mason Sinez, Manville was like A 16. senior in high school. Yes. Yeah. So that's the obviously way twice. better. <laughs> as we've come to know it. We continue to use NCAAs, which makes sense because you want to incentivize the best college guys to come. Mm-hmm. And so here are your options now. Last year, world team member, which I agree with. That's fine. Bill Schultz, highest placer. Or excuse me, Bill Schultz. Bill Farrell, highest placer. Dave Schultz, highest placer. NCAA champ. Therefore, they made the Open as good as it could possibly be by only having those other four things. Yeah, there's, on, there's only a few paths to qualify. Um, and we'll get into the wild card thing in a little bit as when we discuss Jordan Oliver. But yeah, I think I think the process is fine. I like the the cadence to it. I thought, I mean, listen, if you thought the U.S. Open was especially weak, um, I mean, I would disagree. I thought it was a pretty strong field for the most part. I mean, you're not Gilman and Burroughs; those guys are not going to wrestle in the Open. Um, all, all those guys that are at buys the Final X, there's just no reason. Now you could say, man, it'd be cool if there was like if you got ten grand to win the Open or something. That would be interesting because I think some guys, more guys, would maybe throw their hat in the ring. But that's not the current right state of the union. So, and also doesn't mean that they wouldn't do that in the future. Do what in the future? Like offer us such a large financial incentive. Oh yeah. If it was if it was available to them. For sure. But uh, also, I think this is just like people want the U.S. Open to be World Team Trials, and it's not. The U.S. Open is a qualifier. Yeah. The U.S. Open is a qualifier. And a lot of this is, like, UOC stuff. Like, all these procedures, they have to go through the USOC. And basically, you're required to have a national champion, and then you're required to have a top three national team. And so, to in order to accomplish that, you got to split those two things up into a yeah. US Open and World Team Trials. I mean, I, mean I'd, I, don't, I would be disappointed, even if that wasn't a USOC mandate, that if, it, if the season just got reduced to the Open is everything, and then, man, that's it. Now we're done. That's our, our. Imagine if our world team was set. Worlds are in October. What right. are we gonna do with our time, though, P- man? P- people who say they want the U.S. Open to be tougher don't realize that that will not result in the best possible team. If the U.S. Open is everything, it will not result in the best possible team. No, I agree so. with that. Um, and do you really want everyone to be able to try to? <laughs> literally, it's an open. You have roofers that are entering these tournaments. Right. And they're wrestling Kyle Dake, right? There's round of 64 or something these brackets. You're going to have a guy wrestle seven matches yeah. to make a world team? Yeah, well, look at that guy that wrestled Nashon first round. Yeah. That was, he sh- that was unsafe. That guy was a theater <laughs> major. <laughs> Just made that up. Who knows what he majored in. Yeah, that was not good. Um, okay. U.S. Open ruled. Should we, should we free Jordan Oliver? Does he need freed? I don't think so. But mm. if I when, I when making this argument, I'm going. I want people to remove Jordan Oliver. I have nothing personal against Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver graduated high school the same year as me. I've always <laughs> followed his that? career. Oh wow! I'm You're just the saying. Same age. I'm just saying. I've always followed his career. I've always He's liked Jordan Oliver. Special but connection I want to, like, to him for a while now. Blind resume, right? Blind resume. NCAA tournament time. I'm when when people bring this up, I want to like point some things out. But I'm gonna let Christian make his point first. That Jo should be in. Okay. Um, I believe that Jordan Oliver should be allowed to wrestle at the World Team Trials for a couple reasons. One, in general, my belief has been widen the parameters, widen the option of guys that can get into that field. 
because the goal, USA Wrestling's goal, is to win world medals, okay, and to win the world championships. So why would you limit the talent that can come in? If, if for example, if Mark Hall said, I want to be in the world team trials at 79 kilograms, I think that USA Wrestling should make an exception and let him in. I don't, I don't think Mark Hall does. We know that Jordan Oliver, in fact, does. So it's not a JL-specific thing. Okay, one. Two, there's precedent here with wild cards. They've given them out willy-nilly in years past to guys that make no sense whatsoever. Um who made less, much less sense than Jordan Oliver, who served a, quote, one-year suspension that basically, unless USA Wrestling gives him a wild card, keeps him off world teams for two years. The whole thing is making a world team, winning a world medal. Right. That's the goal. It's not <clears throat> to be able to go to Uregan or whatever. It's to make the world team win a world medal. That's the huge opportunity in America. And so that got taken away from him for two years. He served his time. It's a very unique circumstance in that his suspension ended the day that the Open ended, right? Because that's right. where he tested hot. Um, he's a He has tremendous accolades, I believe, to merit entry into the tournament. Now, he doesn't make the team. I'm not putting him in final X. I'm right. saying throw him in the bracket. And if he gets fourth, then okay. Then that's fine, too. But if he wins the thing then wouldn't we be glad i just don't see the negative what is the negative of letting jordan oliver in what what is what is the possible recourse that i'm i'm missing to me it's the it's the precedent of this guy got caught and what he did was i mean what he did right like guys get guys get caught hot uh caught all the time mostly in europe but it's like, are you going to let a guy in who did something against the rules, something that was wrong? And additionally, as far as if we're looking at, like, guys, the best guys to make the team, Jordan Jordan Oliver has sold two tournaments overseas in his entire career. 2009 Junior Worlds, 2015 Yasudogu. He has wrestled, in that time, 13 total foreigners. This dude does not wrestle, and he doesn't wrestle overseas. He does not prove himself consistently against top competition. He's won one U.S. Open title. Just like blind resume, that's not exactly someone that we need to be in the trials. Maybe we need him this year because of the way 65 is looking, but blind resume, he, he well, he's not special. Where sh- Point me to the resume in 65 kilograms that's um, markedly better. Point to Jaden Ironman's international resume. Or even Joey McKenna the last few years. I mean, the guy won Junior World Silver in 2014, but it's 2018 now, and that was juniors, and no one's quite. And that's the that's my broad point. Who cares? If, maybe Joey McKenna is a better option. Then he'll win. Well, Joey McKenna make the team. just won U23 bronze. He okay. just won overseas, won a, won a world okay. bronze. Then he'll win the weight if he's if he's better than Jordan. Yeah. But if he's not better, then we'll be glad that Jordan goes. I mean, if you look at. I don't think we're at a point where we can look to the international resume at 65. We haven't won a, sen- a senior medal since, <laughs> since, since Bill Zadick. the head coach was wrestling. Since the head coach. Okay? So we can't get, well, he doesn't have the international resume. Well, that's the whole point. No one does. And, yeah, listen, Jordan Jordan paid his penalty in my mind by not making He won the Open last year. He beat Zane. And Molinero, mm-hmm. back-to-back, to win the Open. And would he have beaten Zane? 
Um, maybe not. A lot of people probably say no. I might even say no. He wouldn't have beat Zane last year, especially as great as he looked at the at the trials. But he's certainly in the mix. Zane's gone. Frank's up. Steber doesn't look like this, the guy that won Worlds in 2015. He also hasn't lost to Steber since, what, yeah. since NCAAs? In 2012. Right. Yes. So he teched Jaden Ironman. I think McKenna is probably the toughest matchup. So I think we just have different... Um, I think philosophical views of this. I, I'm not going to – yeah, he didn't go through the process, right? Well, he certainly would have if he could have, right? Um, and I think you make exceptions for the exceptional, and I think he falls under that. I think if there are other guys that have a similar situation to Jordan, I think they should be let in. I think Gable Stevenson should be able to wrestle in the senior trials in Rochester, and I think he should be given a special wrestle-off for the heavyweight spot. I think he's earned that. If – Spencer Lee doesn't make the senior world team. I think he should be allowed to wrestle off for the 57-kilogram spot. I don't know if they'll they'll make that exception, but I think they certainly should for those guys, including Jordan Oliver. No, Nomad and I were talking about uh, the junior and senior thing uh, yesterday. I think anyone that's won a junior world medal uh, and is still eligible for juniors should be able to request a special wrestle-off if they, if they wrestle in seniors. Yeah, I completely like, agree. So, you know, um, Gable, Dayton, or Spencer, uh, either any of those guys, they should be able to. Why wouldn't USC Wrestling want to put the best juniors on the mat too? And the thing with that is, there's only a three-year window of eligibility. So if you're winning a medal in your first or second year of yeah, juniors, exactly. you should absolutely incentivize them to a compete seniors, but mm-hmm. b have a back way in to uh, back way in is the right word, but a back way in to to try and make the team at a later date. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. I think that's um, I guess that's a, maybe a Kevin Jackson. I mean, the thing is, the coaches have the flexibility here to adjust the parameters as they want. Now, the parameters they set were if you place top three in the open, Gable five seconds away. Yeah, five seconds away from being able to request the special wrestle off. Yeah, I mean, he had listen, the guy had Dom Brad. He was up. With five seconds against Dom Bradley, who lost to Kuhn 3-3. Kuhn won the whole thing, and right? And is a multiple-time U.S. Open champion. Yeah. Bradley's Bradley's really legit. He's beat Tervell. Okay, are we familiar? So, <laughs> I, I yeah, you get Gable on the team, okay? And if Gannon Grimmel beats Gable, g- then great. Then Gannon's better. But I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb. Gannon Grimmel's not going to beat Gable. Let's go G Grim. Let's go G Grim. So this is so real quick. These are the two ways you can request a, a later wrestle off. Uh, 2017 junior medalist. So i.e. Dayton, for example, if he went to Junior Open, won the Junior Open, therefore got the bye, and got hurt, and got hurt prior to 48 hours before, he can request a later wrestle off. Or Anyone who was on the 2016 or 2017 Junior World Team and plays top three at the U.S. Open and wrestles in trials or makes Final X uh, can request a later wrestle-off. So the only way Gable could request later wrestle-off now is to gamble on himself, skip juniors, which are already in Rochester, mm-hmm. and try to make Final X. So he, he would have to make Final X, which is going to be tough right. because he'll have to beat Kuhn. Kuhn. And I think we said it going in. That was the toughest matchup for Gable, and it proved to be true. Yeah. And, you know, I, in the moment, I, I called that match Gable-Kuhn, mm-hmm. and I thought 
for sure a four, and I wasn't even looking at it with an open mind. I'm not entirely positive now that he actually exposed. I know it was a bad call. In my opinion, it's a bad call. Yeah, I think he kind of he rotated on his head perfectly. I don't think he broke 90 at any point. Now, he didn't get close to scoring, right? Other than oh that, yeah, that 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 doesn't change the doesn't... general cadence of the match at all. And I think could you still give points there? Like correct throw, correct maybe, throw. Yeah, he yeah maybe. maybe given two. Um, but four, I don't think that was four at all. No. That's not, and in the moment, I was like, this is Forrest's stupid challenge by uh, Minnesota. And, and then I watched it, not even then, not even, I was watching the replay, and even then I was like, yeah, four for sure. And then people kept saying it, and I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, or what am, and, I, what am I looking at? And they were, like, giving cautions on step-outs, and, like, the Coon dominated the match, he won the match, clearly, I just, I don't know how, I, I didn't like how that match was officiated. I thought, I thought officiating was actually outstanding, the entire, I mean, listen, Freestyle is insanely difficult to officiate, right? I, I didn't feel like there were any, like, matches that were, like, changed by bad calls, including that one. I do think they're a little inconsistent with the cautions on step-outs. I thought they were a little more liberal, and maybe that's because they're um, only one point now. And I also thought, th- just a couple of things, I thought the continuation was really inconsistent on when they were – Get letting guys earn the takedown on the edge, and then when they were just like calling it one, right? And which is which has kind of always been the case, right? Like because because continuation, because out of bounds is such a well, out of bounds isn't gray area, right? You, you step your foot all the way out, it's out. But because continuation is generally speaking a good thing, where you want to encourage guys to be able to to finish shots and especially try to finish fours, that sometimes it gets a little a little messed up. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Gable Coon talked about that a little bit. Why don't we Why don't we go juniors? Kind of smash through those. Uh, maybe briefly now we can dive in a little deeper on Thursday. But and, and Willie Willie had this in the notes. He hates that the juniors and I agree. I hate that junior and senior are together. I understand why it's that way. Why it makes sense for them, but. It doesn't change the fact that I didn't watch Ja'Cory Teamer and David Carr or Brayton Lee, David Carr, or I didn't even know that Michael Beard lost to the same Michigan State guy twice. Like, the fact that a tournament of that magnitude is going on alongside U.S. Open, it's like, it's impossible. We were there. It was, it's impossible to do both. It actually may have been more simple had we been at home and just, like, able to, like, set up multiple screens and just watch everything. But there, there's a lot that you guys probably don't realize because it's stuff I'm just now realizing happened. Well, and that's – so the the quarters were kind of about wrapped up, and Willie pointed me and said, hey, let's go upstairs and figure out what's going on up there. Yeah. So we get up there. We learn about, uh, you know, Beard losing. Hoffman gets hurt. Ravon Foley and Pat McKee had another 35-point insan- insanity match. Oh, my gosh. Um, I get, oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Kyle told me it happened again. Yeah, they, those two are crazy. They should. Yeah, I can't wait for their Big Ten uh, rivalry to begin. <laughs> That's gonna be I wonder, spectacular. Watch, I wonder what their folk style folk match is gonna yeah. be like. Three two. Yeah, one zero riding time. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be brutal. Okay, so juniors, we'll just go in um, weight order. Starting at fifty seven, biggest story. I mean, Brandon Courtney looked great, but Gavin Teasdale loses to Courtney and Bianchi, two guys. He had a lead on late. 
and just didn't hold up at the end, which to me, if you're a Penn State fan, I'm not that worried about. I think, hey, he's going to get to Penn State. They're going to get all that in check. I don't think he's going to be – his shape will be right. And I don't know if it was shape or – I mean, a lot of people think the cut's going to be problematic for him. I thought he looked okay. I thought he looked crisp. He's great on his feet, right? I think once he's there at Penn State, he's going to be just fine, even though I understand why you might be concerned to see him lose to Paul Bianchi. If you watch that match, he did take him down. I do think that Gavin has some head hands vulnerability. But he got hit in a trap arm, and um, that really blew the match out of the water. So if you're a Penn State fan, I think you would rather have seen him win and feel a little more comfortable knowing that, hey, he's probably going to wrestle right away for you guys. But if you watch the matches and see how he's losing, it's correctable, right? Well, and and we saw it all weekend, right? College guys beat high school guys. Yeah. Like, that gear in the college room is clearly so important, and I kind of overlooked it, you know, my preview and, and, you know, picks, talking to people and stuff, and I'm not going to do it again. It's th- yeah. those those guys, you know, Bianchi was in the Open Finals last year. Courtney was in the Trials Finals last year. So they're good They're good wrestlers, right? They're, they're guys that are in college rooms. But uh, I talked to Gavin quite a bit on Friday, and I agree. The cut is – the cut is his least – his least favorite part is the part that gives him the most struggle. Now, he's again, he's still in high school, and so when you get to Penn State and you get to college and you have more, um, you know, you have better coaches, you have you have more nutrition and stuff like that, it, it might be it might become easy. Yeah, I bet it's, you know, there, there's so much to learn when you're a high school wrestler nutrition-wise. They'll probably, I mean, Penn State's got guys down the way before. I know the, the thing is that Penn State doesn't cut a lot of weight. They don't for the most part, but I think they've had some guys that do. I think Zane Rutherford, one of them, I think the cut was pretty tough for him this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they've been in this boat before. They'll figure it out like they figure out most things. That's not a guarantee, but I just wouldn't wouldn't read too much into this. 61 was really fun. Um, So Decatur smashes Vito. That kind of kicked off the insanity for me. I did not see that coming. I thought I didn't either. I thought here's how I thought I saw the match going. Decatur gets up maybe 4-0 or something. He does that. He's really good on his feet and he's good early. He takes injury time in basically every match he wrestles. I thought Vito would just come storming back. Uh, no, Decatur just smashed him and then they had to stop the match. I, I thought the same thing you did, TP. And we saw it in his quarterfinal match. He got out to like an 8-0 lead. And then um, I think it was McGuire Midkiff got like four points and Whirlybird. Whirlybird. And he did it twice in the second period. And he I think he ended up winning like 12-6, something like that. Um, He's going to give Tom it, Ryan a heart attack. It was just a beatdown. It was like a minute and a half. Yeah, that was it. He just kept – he took him down. He turned him. I mean, he looked – he looked phenomenal. And it's not like Vito's a guy who he's a really good prospect that hasn't done freestyle before, right? I mean, he was cadet world finalist. Yeah. He was in the junior finals last year. He smacked Sammy Sasso yeah. twice. Like, he's really good. And it just... How about he's still wrestling at that weight, too? Vito hasn't really grown. He's. I mean, I saw him. He's been the same size since, like, his sophomore year. Basically. And he did a gray sh- the gray shirt thing, the mm-hmm. finger legs. Yeah, so that was interesting. Opposite side, Josh Saunders, who 
Guys, this this 2020 class, this 2020 group of, of uh, high school was spectacular. Josh Shawner is a guy I kind of wrote off, not wrote off, but was was kind of lukewarm on as far as his as far as his progression this year, and he came out and smacked their body. Um, beat Vito was up big on Gomez. Now again, Gomez a year in the college room of a lot of varied offensive ways to score, including a nasty head pinch, incredible uh, second period <clears throat> pace, but outside of Outside of Saunders, it was fourteen twelve. Gomez smashed up everybody, so Saunders might have been the second best guy in that bracket. Yeah, I would. I think he probably. Well, I would have loved to see him wrestle Decatur. Decatur. Yeah. But the the thing I know is I can't remember who he even wrestled, um, Saunders. But he, I called his quarterfinal match, and his gut. I was like, his gut wrench was real. It was like this is not like a, a Fargo gut wrench where you know just you're strong and the guy goes over. You could tell this was like. A legit high level gut wrench and he gutted just about everyone he wrestled he gutted gomez he gutted um i forget who he had for third but regardless he he wrestled outstanding so Mm -hmm. only a sophomore out of missouri he's gonna i don't know who's keeping that guy off the cadet world team obviously cadet eligible as a sophomore so last year decatur was in that weight i can't remember if they wrestled He's a different guy, though, than, than last year. And also, um, I know we're talking about the guys who didn't win. I am perfectly fine if Austin Gomez is our world team rep this year. He, like I said, can score a bunch of different ways. He's been on world teams before. He's been in the college room for a year. Obviously, his pace is phenomenal. I'd be more than more than okay if that dude was our world team member at 61. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's going to be tough to keep off the team. I mean, you, you saw— Barely kept him off the team last year. Yeah, and that was controversial too. That was a, uh, yeah. And, I'm, and then Mitch goes on and makes the finals. Like right. if, if you're Gomez all summer and you're just like, oh, guy made the finals. He's like, I can do this. I can win the damn thing. Yeah, Saunders. Saunders beat Vito. Has anyone watched that match? You no. I haven't watched. You it should yet. watch it. Um, it's pretty weird. Saunders got up eight or nine zero. Vito comes back. There's a weird exchange where. Vito scores into a lace and gets like a thousand laces, but it gets challenged and it all comes back. And then it was 9 8, and I don't know what really why or what the determination was. So Saunders won 10 8. So um, get us a breakdown on that when you when you get a chance. Everyone watch it. Josh Saunders beat Vito. Um, he's really good. That's 61. 65, Demas. Did he win both styles? No, he got second to Peyton Omania, who's another very good former Greco world team member. So Demas won with kind of Greco-y stuff, getting a lot of feet-to-back exposure. I was genuinely shocked when he beat G. Feller. Yeah, I was too. I was like, Jesus got too many leg attacks, and he'll finish. And keep going. It was impressive. And with G, it reminded me of his Artelona match. Where he got to legs in the first five immediately, boom, on a shot. And I think he finished. He was up. And you could tell, okay, this is this is gonna be good for G. And like the Artelona match, just like couldn't get to legs anymore, wasn't able to create his offense. Now he gave up a big four off his own shot, and that can obviously change your approach. Yeah, he had Demas rear standing. And Demas does that reach back. He's really good with it. Yes. And he grabbed uh G. Feller's like shoulder and he whips him over for four. Yeah. That kind of changed the complexion of the match. It was like a Pat McKee level uh, lat whip. It was really nice. And Demas, 
I mean, that's the thing, right? Demas is always going to be better in freestyle Greco because a lot of the stuff he does, right, he can toss you and, and maybe not necessarily finish for a takedown folk, but in free, that's four. In Greco, it's four every time. Yeah. So all of a sudden, he'll throw eight, eight, twelve on the board be really quick. Sounds like he's going to be Oklahoma's 141 next year. Ooh. They say he does not cut a terrible what amount What about of literal? Is he going 33? Mm, literally do not know what Tanner's oh, doing. Oh, I see what you did wow. there. Very punny of you, Nomad. Uh, we got to start shifting through five here a little faster. Uh, so Demas beat G and Murin. Max Murin power double. Max Murin power double is in full effect. He beat Kane in store. He beat Kane in store. So Iowa fans, I, you know, he might have been the best guy last year anyways in your room. Um, so, yeah, f- you should feel good about, about 41. Max Murin. And Andrew Lear's got third, a guy Willie's always been really high on. Good job, uh, Coach Nickerson, Northern Colorado, getting him. And Coach Marino, he was there too. Uh, 70 was the weight of weights. Austin O'Connor goes through Teamer, Carr, and Brady Berge, who I felt stupid after I didn't pick Brady Berge to win. Then I changed my pick mid-tournament to Brady Berge, who then lost to Austin O'Connor. So I was 0 for like 12. Berge looked outstanding. He teched Brayton Lee, and then O'Connor beats him 2-2. Berge, if you don't know, because this was a question. Mm-hmm. What's happening with him next year? Did he outgrow 149? Is he going to be just kind of in limbo for a year? He's going 49 next year. So that's very, very good news for, for Penn State. Um, not that Verclaren's a bad option. You know, he, he did not look good. But he did not look great. Here, and freestyle is his thing, he lost to Van Manen, yes. who really impressed me. Yeah, Jaden Van Manen's solid. I haven't watched him I don't know. I haven't watched him in a while. He got pretty dang good. So, O'Connor, though, I I loved the mind games early against Carr, making him take his headgear off, which is the rule. Like, if you don't want to wrestle a guy with headgear, they have to take it off. That's the rule. And I thought, I was like, he probably doesn't even care. It's probably just like this mind game they played. And then it became this whole thing, and both Carr's brother and his dad were, like, arguing. It was like... All this little drama before the match even started, and he O'Connor gets a big four and wins. Um, so yeah, O'Connor. I don't know if he's going forty nine or fifty seven for them next year, but he beat Heilman. Kennedy's got room to grow. <laughs> yeah, but they say he doesn't cut any weight somehow. Somehow he doesn't cut any weight. All right, I'm slowing it down. Mahler beat for clearing also. And uh, Car Chikori Tech Dave Carr. Chikori Tech Car Car beat Lee eight eight. Another great match. 74 kilograms plot twist. Dustin Plot, he's a sophomore, right? In high school. In high school, <laughs> mind you, for in Oklahoma. He beat Caleb Romero, who's had a beard for nine years. <laughs> I was I was very impressed with that. And uh he lost to um Jeremiah Moody in the finals, who was another like big surprise. Jeremiah did, Moody looked incredible. I was really impressed with him. I'm gonna slow down on the incredible. He looked good. He did great, but I wasn't like. Isn't he like third string? Yes. yes. <laughs> he can't beat Caleb Young. That's very impressive. Yeah, he got a good motor, very obviously. So he won. He's in the finals. Aaron Brooks, shame on me. Shame on me. <laughs> I was like, going into the finals, I was like, Labriola is going to beat this dude. I was like, I would have put money on it, uh, and he. Got the first takedown. Oh, I told you. Got tacked. It was ugly. Aaron Brooks. 
is is unbelievable. And when uh, he ripped Bo Bresky's head off in yeah. the semis, I knew he was going to win. Really? I was like, oh my gosh, this kid. Yeah, he's outstanding. Yeah, he and is out freaking standing. Freestyle, he's he's even better because he can make mid match adjustments. He can finish shots easy. Like get that lace. Kid special. He's really really good. I mean, I think Labriola is like out i he looked amazing all weekend too he looked great i was like because the only thing with labriola i was like yeah if he loses it'll be freestyle stuff but his he was like not really yeah he teched highly he has a nice gut wrench he had solid um quad pod defense i mean i was impressed with labriola which speaks to how good um aaron brooks is and then also at 79 whitlake lost to hydley lost to hydley he finished seventh and fine silver and we like lost to fine yeah fine silver yeah. fine silver looked good he finished fourth mm-hmm. good for one of the fine silvers there's so many of them Caffey beat beard twice did not know who Caffey was but beard got out beard was up 80 and got pinned and go back and watch that match guys because it was like a merkel position his back was like clearly on the guy's chest and he got pin- he wasn't pinned but they called the pin it was pretty interesting but he didn't even complain because he had no energies left. <laughs> Hoffman broke his ankle yeah, or hurt his ankle. Uh, uh, so he's damaged. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. Northfleet <laughs> might still have beaten him, but it just sucks for Gavin. I love Cordell Northfleet. Yeah. I, I was kind of like high on him this year, and he didn't do that great, but I don't even care. I'm just going to I'm just gonna keep on just sticking on the train, and eventually it's going to pan out. If I had done this with Austin Schaefer like I did from like 2014 on – I would look so smart right now, but I kind of hopped off the bandwagon at the wrong time. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. 86 was the last stuff that we've seen in high school before, right? Like Nina Bonacorsi beat Jelani Embry, as he has many times before. Louis Dupre beat Nina Bonacorsi, as he has many times before. And I was really excited to see Louis Dupre beforehand, and I ended up being right because he won. But his round 16 match against Jackson Hemeyer, and you talk about like the weird things that happen in matches and tournaments that make guys go like this. Hemauer got screwed in the round of 16. It was it was uh, he kind of did like a basically a folk style leg pass that should have been two at the end against Deprey and would have won, but he ended up not placing. Louis ended up winning the dang thing. Yeah. Nothing against Louis. I just think the referees got the call wrong. Okay. Louis, I was ha- very happy you won. You're, no, you weren't. You were sad. You were crying the whole time. Kirk Fleet is incredible. I'm just gonna skip Jacob. He's Warner. a cadet. Uh, no, I'm not gonna skip Jacob Warner, but I did accidentally. Well, no, look in the order. I have. Warner next. Um, I went slightly out of order. Kirk Fleet's a cadet. Yeah, and he won juniors. Yeah, without a difficult match. Didn't break a sweat. I wanted. I want to see him wrestle Warner. That would be. That would be amazing. Because Jacob Warner chewed through everybody that entire tournament. His gut wrench is phenomenal. His pace is. He is so. He is like, Desanto in your face. Guys immediately have to figure out, okay, I have to do something now. And they just take bad shots, and he runs around, and he guts them four times. It's, like, automatic. He can win a title next year. Um, and please give Gable the junior spot. Make please. Him, please. We can win junior worlds, but we're going we're gonna to want that guy. Unless he makes the senior world team, I just don't think that's happening. All right, so that's juniors. We good there? Anything else? Anything I missed, guys? In the notes, we can talk about it more maybe in articles or next week, but we can talk about it yeah. in articles. We'll get in the article <laughs> and discuss this <laughs> in the CMS. 
All right, same thing. 57 kilograms. Not super deep weight, but it had the match that uh, I think the wrestling fans were most excited about, Dayton Fix, Tony Ramos. And you look back at the path to get there. If you haven't watched Tony's match against Josh Rodriguez, it's eye-opening. Where's one with Sanders? He got arm spun right away. He got arm spun and then... That was, I mean, and then he scored like four takedowns. Yeah, it was like it, eight four. It, I'm glad it happened because it forced him to get on his offense. Well, I don't, I don't even know if I agree with that. I think he, here's how the Josh Rod match. He was, it, it was cut related. It was food related, I, in my opinion. With that one, I think those points would have come with Sanders. He just happened to get forward in the first what thirty seconds, right? He got was, forward like immediately. Yeah. So he would have he would have shot and, and attacked, I believe. Now maybe that did give him some more urgency. Um, but Tony, he looked good there. And then, man, it's it's he's so you just know in those tight. If the match is tight, you almost always he's got that 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 savvy and that it factor to figure out ways to win matches. He did it again. Dayton chewed his way through the backside. I don't think he gave up a point. Till he got to the finals, after he beat Terrell and he did the, yeah, the rolling thing. That was that's it's awesome. Like, let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. He looked he looked really good. And also, um, normally Dayton is a really uh, you know we talk to Dayton all the time. We've known him forever. You know he'll come say hey. Or whatever. That dude, I was like, I kind of gave him a, a nod and a smile, and it was like nothing. Like he didn't talk to it. He was coming down the stairs. I was coming up the stairs, and I just locked eyes, and he burned a hole through me. Yeah, it's not normal. Dayton is like the nicest kid out there, but he was so locked in and focused. Uh, it was he knew what he had to do. He's right there to win it, guys. I mean, the the and the reason I thought Ramos would win were the I think the reasons it happened. Like Dayton is amazing on top. I didn't think he would get that opportunity. I thought it'd be tough for him to get get that to that position against Tony. He's got his leg attacks still need some work yeah. at this level, mm-hmm. right? He's got really, really good leg attacks. It's just when you talk about the senior level, what you have to do to get to the best guys, i.e. the Ramos's legs, it's going to be tougher. He's got the inside trip. He's got the slide by. Um, once his high crotch and single get there, he's going to be – he'll be the best guy, you know, him or, him or Spencer. Um, but right now he's it's not quite there. and He's got to wait his wait his turn for now, but he'll be able to make adjustments. He's felt Tony now, and he can certainly win this weight. He can beat um, he can beat all these guys, maybe even Gilman. But that was that. Any thoughts on that match? I did not. Uh, I'm not gonna be very helpful here. Right. I was doing Final X things. No, man, you've so. had three days. I know. Do you have internet? No, you know, I have. So, I have I have sleep and, and previews. Let me email you a link to flowwrestling.org, and you can watch the matches afterwards through the miracle of internet. Well, then, Kyle, I know, can I know you, maybe you guys talk? talked a lot about before the match whether uh, Dayton would be able to stand in there and bang with Tony. And yeah. I thought he did very well and in the first controlled the pace and the action and uh, a couple times was really close to finishing and getting in or getting his chance on top. Uh, so I thought that was impressive, and uh, if anything, like you said, just solidifies he can beat Tony. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And yeah, you're right. I didn't. 
didn't remember so you said it that he was moving Tony around. Tony was like Tony got put on the shot clock in the first. Mm-hmm, gave up a shot clock point in the first period. And then Tony he went got on the put clock on it again. again. Yeah, it Dayton controlled center and was the aggressor. And I th- and before it happened I was like I don't think Tony I it was the right call, yeah. Yeah, it was. And then Tony picks his spots, gets on the leg and doesn't have to finish, finds out finds a way to expose and, and wins by criteria. Man, he the move, the exchange of the match to me was I'm seeing I, I wanna know if I'm remembering it correctly. Dayton almost got to a slide by her. He at least nearly got to rear standing. Yeah. Then somehow Tony, through his defensive wizardry, ends up sprawled on top, front headlock, and Dayton is way extended and the takedown looked imminent and Dayton fought it off so tough. And even though Tony wound up winning um, I thought that was a very telling. It just speaks to Dayton's not only technical acumen, but his, his grit as well. 61, Joe Colon. Someone say he is a Silverback. Is, is he Silver trained? He's been wanting me to say that for a while. Fresno balling out. Two champs. Two champs. How about that? Colon beats Garrett 20 to 13 in a match that was probably a little closer than that. And the. Crazy match. Nashawn is a magnet to crazy matches because he has amazing offense and questionable defense. And when you have that, you have a lot of points in freestyle. That's the thing with Nashawn, right? Because when I called his quarterfinal graph, graph couldn't touch his legs. And mm-hmm. I was like, if Nashawn wrestles like that, no one can beat him because Nashawn will get points. Yeah. And if you can't touch his legs, it's game over. But two matches this year between Schultz final and this final, he's given up 33 points to Cologne. You can't go up 33 points in two matches expect to make a world team. Fair point. Fair point. There's there's little arguing with that. Now, what's interesting to me, not only this was a weight we were talking about. Anyone can win it. Anyone can win it. And then kind of shame on us if we didn't say. Who did you pick? I picked Cologne. Okay, good. I picked Cologne. All right, good. I'm just the only idiot in the room. All right, awesome. <laughs> Efren didn't pick Cologne. Um, I've seen Graf not do it too many yeah, times. Yeah, I know. I know. Graf got teched by Nico. All right. I t- I, it's the first time I think I've ever picked Graf to win a tournament. I'm already done. I'm Who out. did you originally pick? Because you Bre- that was even worse, Brewer. <laughs> yeah, when huh. you like on Twitter, but Nico also had a really, you know Nico had that weird one with Corey or weird good whatever you want to call it with Corey to start oh, off. That was weird. Then um, scored the only takedown in the Cologne match. Cologne got him with Cologne right. counter stuff. You're right, and then he smashed Burger his way through the rest of the tournament. He texted, and and sometimes you see a 10-0 and you're like, well, what kind of a 10-0 are we looking at here? Right. Against Graf, it was four takedowns, just yes. one turn. He smoked him. He smoked him. So Nico is is interesting. When he entered, I'm like, Nico, you should be at 25, dude. Like, you're too small. But his style, first of all, he's he's not too small, even though he looks small. I thought he looked time. bigger. I thought he did look bigger. Um, but his style, he's so able to get to legs, and he's so squirmy and like positionally strong that like, for the most part, now he did get turned. Right. But for how many times he was on legs and didn't get scored on or scored off, he's going to be a problem because he is insanely fast. Now, I think he's going to struggle with a with a Nishan type, typically. Right. I mean, last time he wrestled, it was all Nishan. Yeah. That's going to be a tough matchup for him. So I don't know if, if Nico can make the team or not. But, man, his uh, my eyes are open there, and he can, he can beat Cologne. I feel strongly yeah. about that. He's right there with him. If he can negotiate a couple finishes – He's right there against Cologne. Um, so I was really impressed by Nico. And 61, in some ways, and, and with Nashawn, he's someone that's like, 
we've kind of always thought he could be the guy. And I was talking with a very respected coach. I'm like, who's our best option here? And they're like, Nishan, if he has it together, if he's got everything in line, Nishan's the best guy. But And even still, you kind of see the reasons Nishan – you know, I just – what happens if he goes to an international tournament? Is he just going to get smoked right away or – It's possible. It's definitely possible. And then you've got uh, – He's kind of a fun X factor, though. Like, you know we'd be excited. If he made the world team and we had Nishan Garrett, it'd be like, man, this could be interesting because there's – his skill set is really unique and his speed – by the time the foreigners figured it out, you know, it may be over. He has the potential to, to tech. Another one that would be interesting, and I'm pretty sure they wrestled last year, World Team Trials, it was a crazy match, would be Cologne against Gross. And to me, yeah, Gross lost to Nation and ended up forfeiting out to six, but the leg defense that he was doing shows to me that he's continuing to, to improve because normally his leg defense is on the mat, right? Belly wizard, hip type stuff, but he was up in the air, or I guess leg up in the mm-hmm. air, scooping that arm out to prevent. Now, Nation eventually got it. Which is yeah. the problem with Gross. You let a guy get on the legs twelve times, eventually you're gonna take you down. But it's uncanny how much Gross like someone takes a single, he just like pulls their arm off yeah. and yeah. comes up with it. It he does it all the time. I was standing like stage side for that match and he was just standing straight up pretty much. His and I was like pitiful. He says, What are you doing? <laughs> and then he just defends all these amazing shots from Nation. Yeah. It's insane. It, it's like he's that kid who you're like don't like his style but then you coach him for like three days and you're like i'm not changing a thing about you it's gonna be really frustrating but i'm just gonna let you do your thing because clearly it's working it's clearly working 65 kilograms joey mckenna wins it takes out Jaden ironman um for the second straight time ironman pulls the upset of the tournament we'll call it i'll say so yep beating logan steber um steber was up 4-0 mind you and ironman Couple counters, figures out a way. He's really goofy when you're on his leg and pulls the upset. This is uh, an example. You know, Spay looks at, um, I was talking to him, like when he's looking at Dayton, when he's looking at guys like Ironman, he's like, these guys are 19, 20, 21. They make jumps so much easier or quicker. And I don't know if that's, you know, because they're young, so they're more open to things or because. They're still in the college program, so they're they're training every day. Whereas senior level guys are kind of less regimented. Mm-hmm. But Ironman is doing the things that the people who know uh, Mike, his dad, oh, yeah. um, thought that he could do with him, which has turned him into a freaking world beater. He's beaten the last five guys who won 141. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, you tweeted that, so he's beaten or the last five champs, rather. The last five champs, which yeah. are Yanni. He's beaten uh, Steber, and he's beaten Heil. Dean Heil. That's not bad. Not bad. And he's beaten Joey before, and I never he hasn't beaten him in freestyle, and Joey's won the last two. But he has beaten Joey before. Yeah, he's very good. Very, very good. Okay, that's 65. I mean, in TBD, what's going to happen there with the J.O. thing? Spe- I mean, it sounds like there's a chance we could see Oliver. Hey, speaking of which, Novogratz tweeted the, the match for – We'll, we'll say it. Jordan, uh, two guys who were both suspended this year couldn't nice. wrestle. Jordan Oliver versus Togrel Garoff beat the streets. Oh my god! May seventeenth. Call this the live on Flow Wrestling. That just broke. That's happening. Yes. Check your twitters. Wow. 
Well, that's awesome. You can get off your Twitter. There's a lot of jokes you can make here. I'm going to save them. I'm going to save it for I have a really good one between two guys that tested positive. Um, <laughs> Many goats. Maybe we can get a sponsor for this. That would be ironic. Okay. So that's 65. 70 kilograms. Chamberlain beats Molinero and then Hydley. And good for Jason Chamberlain. Kind of been knocking at the door. Chamberlain reminded me um, in an interview you did with him that he also beat Molnaro for his university nationals title, whenever that was. So he has beaten. That was like 2013. It's 2014. He's beaten Frank okay. multiple times. 2014 is basically 2013. And I know Frank got hurt, but he was still kind he of He was in the losing match. when he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he got beat. Frank got beat. And that's. He was, Frank was my pick, and he'd be my pick next time around. It'd probably be wrong, but it doesn't matter. I like that uh, Pantaleo has clearly gotten better at both freestyle and just in general because he made a whole bunch of adjustments against Hydley. <sighs> He's got to be frustrated. But he he did he did close the gap, but he was right there to to beat Hayden. I mean, Hayden Hydley, that guy is amazing. I mean, look. I, Mug dog. I, I did not think – I didn't think – I thought it was a bad matchup with him against Chamberlain. But man, he's gonna be—he's gonna be a guy we're gonna be talking about for a while. And then Deacon's not going anywhere. I know he kind of didn't do well against Pintley on the backside, but he was beating Frank early on. I think he's problems he in freestyle. Yeah. Yep. Love, love Deacon. Not much to say on seventy-four. Imar was so much better than everyone. The weight is. This is definitely a weak weight outside of Imar. I mean, you had Valamont. Who did Imar beat in the semis? Suflone. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have a Jake Suflon sighting, and it's in the U.S. Open semis. Guys. I forgot he was at Purdue. Well, I had no idea he was this big. Right. He was a 49 and not a particularly big one. Now he's up at 74 and good, but Imar's on another level. It's going to be Imar versus Burroughs unless something crazy happens or someone who I'm not thinking about enters this, like Vincenzo Joseph, but I don't think he will, even though he can. Please. That would be fun. Please in it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great for Rochester. We'll see if it happens. Especially with Imar sitting in the finals. So Vincenzo's got to like go through, navigate some guys, which again. I'd love to see that in freestyle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's different or the same. I don't either, but I want to see it. It's one of those. It's either going to be different or the same. Right. Put, mo put money on it. 79. Oh, shoot. This was pretty controversial. Dake Ringer finish was. Very, very exciting match. Daringer picked his spots, as Dake always does. Dake is a professional spot picker. Ringer, post, left side, high crotch, really nice. Finished sort of, you could say, twice on him. But the exchange at the end w is what people are talking about and how it was called. Um, in the moment, I thought two and one. And then I, for, for Ringer. Two exposure ringer, one reversal. Then, now watching, I'm kind of on board with the two and two. Um, and there you're seeing it right there. And what's interesting, and I'll I'll run it back. Yeah, we're going to run that back real quick. Great shot. Look at this footage. Oh, my goodness. So, to me, that's ringer's move. And go back one more time and maybe just go frame by frame. Yep. And let, can we be sure that ringer exposed? This angle, it's really close. So, watch. Ringer's hips he brings his hips to the left to kind of expose like this is he initiates that that's not and then Dake. hooks Dake's leg hooks Dake's leg so that to me is 
is right Ringer's there. clearly two for Ringer. He's elevating Dick's leg there too. Yes, this is yeah. Ringer's move. This is 100% his move. Now, does he expose? Is he breaking 90 there? Right there. And and even there, it's if it's still his move, or there. can you can you say that Dake got him to expose there? Well, because some yeah, you because know, you got to expose sometimes to get guys to expose. Yeah, th- I don't know if this falls under. Dake was he locked through the crotch and he was trying to throw him over. The, Dake was working for this. This yeah. wasn't like a gut wrench where you put yourself. I mean, so the question I guess more than anything is not if that was Dake's move. Because I think we can all agree that it was after after the initial exposure. But did he break ninety? And what did you think about the call? I think it should have been Deering's points. I think so. Two and one. Yes, I think Ringer. I think Ringer should have won the match. I think I think Dake's better. And I think Dake would beat him two out of three, mm-hmm. even if uh, Ringer was was sitting in final X. But I thought that match Ringer was better guy. Ringer should have won. And the stakes were so unbelievably high. First of all, to, if you don't know, Dake won 5-5 on criteria. So basically the winner of that exchange or the, that exchange determined the match. Now, right, that was you, can, everything. you can never count out Kyle Dake. There would have been like 15? Yeah. Five know. seconds. Oh, five? Okay. There was only five seconds left. Oh, snap. All right, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> so it was everything. Maybe it was whole even match. that's Dake-proof. That's within the Dake margin. Um, but not only... Does he lose that match? Dake is now in final X. He's all the way. He's in state college. Ringer not only has to go through the challenge tournament, but throws Zahid Valencia in there. Now you've got to beat Zahid two out of three to get to Dake, who you have to beat. I mean, it's and potentially Reader, who's still. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're gonna see the Gladiator. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, because who Hold, knows? holding out hope because we want the field to be as good as possible. And yeah, and yeah, no Mark Hall, but still, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, Sahid Valencia is a mother. That guy, that guy could really be problems, and he could he could beat Ringer as good as Ringer looked. You know, Ringer up at seventy nine is a different animal. Like when I was watching him, he was going with Jaden at FanFest, and obviously it was like scrimmage and they were rolling around. It was just a simulated practice and all, but like. He his, his the bigger his body is, the more comfortable he looks. He looked much bigger than Dake. Yes, much bigger. Like I to mean, the point huge. when when I was watching it, I was like, "They're gonna go, Ringer's gonna go eighty six, and Kyle's gonna go seventy four in twenty twenty. Now I don't know if that's true, but that's what I that's what I was look like. Ringer's gonna get huge. Yeah, he's so darn big. Eighty six, not a lot to say. David Taylor on another level. Cancel 86. He's in final X. And I uh, can't imagine, unless like Bo, I mean, even Bo Nicola, he's not going to so, be there. So, yeah, Bo's not going to be there. Um, Rich Perry looks like he's finally going to make a national team. And Nick Renan, uh, who was in junior finals last year against Sahid, got third. Looks looks like he's going to be. Um, he beat Dudley. Good at the senior level. He beat Dudley for third. He beat Pat Downey. Pin Pat Downey, yeah. Yeah, good for Nick Renan. That kind of came out of nowhere for me. He looked good. Even though he's always been great international styles. And the thing with Renan, because you watch his match with Perry, and it was such a, like, veteran versus new guy thing where Renan's just firing off shots, firing off shots, and Perry's kind of more selective with where he shoots. Well, Renan's typically selective. No, he was, he was just shooting to shoot. So if he can, if he can uh, hone that in with that kind of pace, he's going to be problems, which he's already, he's already always been problems. But senior level, obviously, a different animal. 
Absolutely. Jaden and Hayden Zilmer. Jaden versus Hayden. Uh, Zilmer didn't get a whiff of Jaden. I thought he might, uh, but he didn't. Jaden wins a controlled match and not. You know, Jaden's not going to blow guys out. He's not going to tech guys in freestyle very much. Um, he won 3-0 over win. I didn't, it wasn't Jaden's best day, but his not best day is better than most guys. It, it's a testament to Jaden that he cannot have his best day and still not give up any points, not really make it 2-0, sure, but it wasn't close. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, not a, it was a pretty dominant 2-0. Austin Schaefer, man. Schaefer and Bake. This guy, I hope everyone gets to talk to Austin Schaefer because he is an awesome dude. We uh, we're at what's it called? Is it Shake Shack or? Sh- I think you're at Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake. I get those two. I cannot get those stupid things. I I don't know which is which. But we were at that thing at South Point. Ate dinner with him. He's hilarious. He like talks about like how serious guys take it. And like when Ty Wallace was trying to lace him, he's like laughing. That's I was like, why? He's like, I was like, why were you doing that? He's like, well, he was trying to lace me. I was like, why are you doing this? You can't. You're never going to lace me. You can't turn me. Before the match, I was standing there, and he was getting ready to walk up on the stage, and they always play music at USA Wrestling events. Yes. And I forget what song it was, but it, it was definitely was 80s like, metal. Yes, it was. It, it only was ever like is. a big like, guitar solo. Shout out Chris Miller. And he like turned to his coaches and like started like playing air guitar, like 30 seconds before he walked up on the stage. This is hilarious, too. So he wins the thing. The guy's never won a tournament of note. Note, right? Uh, he was not an All-American. Even in, in high school, he said he's never won anything. He didn't win Oklahoma States. Which <laughs> I'm not trying to throw shade at Oklahoma States, but typically if you're a national guy, you will win states in your career. He never won states in Oklahoma. So that was surprising to learn. But he wins the U.S. Open, and he's he had a 545 flight. He did not plan on being in the final. So he was, like, leaving Okay. Well, if you win the U.S. Open, you have to get tested by USADA. USADA. We were doing interviews with them. There's all kinds of stuff you got to do. Yeah. There, there's, you have responsibilities after you win. Right. So he didn't know. He was in his hotel room. They had to get him be like, you're suspended for f- like four years. Someone, someone said that. I don't know if it's actually true. I don't think it's true. But, yeah, I mean, not showing up to a test counts as a failed test. Right. So that would have been bad. So he had to stay the night and – that whole thing so it was, it was really funny that you know he wasn't even like and, planning himself and credit to him for making adjustments so um and then we could probably move on from this but like him and walls wrestled at Farrell, and it was, it was probably like three two going in the last minute or so and i think walls got a lace to finish it off but like he's clearly in a good environment with with uh cory koopman and rob cole that uh enhanced that goofiness and just let him be himself right yeah. like don't make him take it too seriously and and just work on getting better and he's a US Open champ great for him great on top really good parterre stuff I was I was really impressed he's legit Adam Kuhn Iron Man makes the finals in Greco loses to Robbie Smith while he's in the middle of the freestyle tournament he smashes Gable Stevenson 10-11-0 whatever the score was then beats beats Don Bradley in a squeaker and then Jake Varner who's maybe one of the biggest stories of the tournament he makes the finals, Olympic champion, and one exchange. I mean, Varner did a great job, I thought, of not getting bullied around despite giving up a lot of size to Adam Kuhn. But one exchange, he got to that cow catcher position, body lock, guaranteed to Adam Kuhn, our U.S. Open champion. And um, 
yeah, he's he sit through to Rochester. I would also think that because he said this, I believe after the semis, maybe, but or quarters. But basically, like you know, how I did hit the U.S. Open is going to determine which style I go. And I thought it was pretty clear he can't beat Robbie this year in Greco. He got moved around the mat. Like, he moves guys around the mat in, it was like in right? free and folk style. But the the levels that he's jumped, it, it's clear that his style is way more conducive to freestyle than it was before. And I thought freestyle was – he was great freestyle before before this. Now, last time he and Gwiz wrestled was like 2015, I think, Bill Farrell, and Gwiz smashed him like 10-2. But he's, he's bigger now. Player. He's his shots better now. His shot defense is better now, and um, he's beaten two Olympic champs in like three months. Right, and grew found a way to grow potatoes on Mars. Yeah, he's working on that too. <laughs> um, yeah, Adam Coons, incredible dude. A lot of options there for him. Uh, so that's that's the United States Open. Any parting thoughts before we get to a couple practice? We won't do many questions, but we'll do some. Um, I think uh, there's not going to be a terrible amount of upsets in final x um Ooh. i think i think a lot of the guys that won are going to be there I, the big questions are probably the first three weights mm. okay 67 61 65 as far as can those guys who are sitting in final x now hold on to it but the rest eileen well i think Wiz for sure is going to be vulnerable to 79 and heavy yeah 79 and heavy i think there's there's vulnerability there okay Questions from our friends. Um, this guy, he sent a DM. I don't know why they don't just tweet it at me. Um, <laughs> it's really confusing. I don't. I just screenshot. It. I don't have this kid's name. I'm a huge Dake fan, but here's an FRL question: Is Daringer closing the gap on Dake? Oh, let's just gonna show the entire Google Doc. <laughs> Jeez, that's so janky. Um, the, I guess the answer is yes, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's closing the gap. 10-0 in Paris last year. Uh huh. S- smoked him. Dake scored off his offense. He countered. He got. He got. Uh, I think a gut and a lace. Like just did every. Scored every way you could possibly score. Then three zero in in uh, Vegas last year. Right. S- step out some um, shot clock stuff. Two one at World Team Trials. Now but never five, got five. close to offensive score. Then so now he's getting to legs and scoring. Mm-hmm. That's that's. Uh, that's huge, and I think part of its part of its weight, part of its ringer is just I, don't know, I think it's just ring, ringer this year. Was, I don't know. It's the best I've seen ringer wrestle since he was like a junior. Someone said, "Does Varner need to leave his shoes on the mat?" No, clearly not. Right. Clearly, listen. Opposite of that, he could beat. Uh, Coon's going to be his toughest matchup, right? The, absolutely. But he could make the he could make the Rochester finals if he can figure out a way. He'll have two out of three to figure it out against Coon. Now that could be bad. Remember, we saw him when Snyder sat out. Varner won the first match in the Olympic trials, but Correct. it was very clear he didn't have anything left. He went through that entire tournament that day, then had to go two or three with Kyle Snyder. Not going to go well for anyone in the planet. Uh, and I think we could see something similar with Varner. I think he could make the trials finals, but I think Kuhn's going to be think. But, no, he's probably a top three guy. He should absolutely yeah. continue to compete. Uh, and if he can get to Gwiz, I think... He matches up better with Gwiz than he does against Coon. Yeah, and Gwiz sometimes trains in Nittany Line, mm-hmm. so he's probably familiar mm-hmm. with him. Um, why didn't we see Kendrick Maple in Vegas? Speak for yourself, Rick Caldwell. I saw him in Vegas. Yeah, he was coaching. Uh, he's coaching everybody. Coaching the juniors. He's doing not great. He might be done. He can't make sixty-one. He's enormous. He shouldn't be able to make sixty-five. Probably not. But he does. Uh, and I, yeah. 
I just don't think we're going to see him. I think I think he's probably done. Uh, with Micah moving down, where does that leave Keyshawn? At uh, 57 or watching? Or maybe he beats – maybe he says, ah, Micah, I'm not going to concede this position to you because I'm really good on top and you yeah. are not good You're on not bottom. Gonna, yeah. So let's wrestle off and see what happens. Accurate point. Um, that's that's going to be a fight. But Micah moving down is indicative of where he probably thinks he fits in that. Justin Jones asks, is Nickel deferring to David Taylor or will he wrestle in World Team Trials? You're not even – no, he's not deferring. Yeah, I don't know about deferring, but he's not wrestling in trials. Okay. Well, that's the – yeah, he's not He's not like, David, I concede this spot to you, sir. It's right. not like that. It's like I don't think uh, Bo thinks he's big enough. And Are we going to see him go U23s? I sure as heck hope so. Me too. That would be awesome. Go to Akron. Cool. Bo. Um. Now, this is a – Kyle, can you pull this picture up? This is very important. This is very important. Let me – hang on a second. Yeah, take your time. I'll, I'll tee it up. Alex Fox asks, is Spencer Lee Josh Allen's mini-me? To which I said um, – I was like, well, I don't know exactly what Josh Allen looks like. I loosely follow the NFL. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. That is Spencer Lee with a football. That's that is not Josh Spencer Allen. Lee. They they grew Spencer. Look at that picture. If you're not, if you're just listening to us in your podcast, pull over right now. Get on the internet, watch FRL. Come to an hour and twelve into the show, and you will see Spencer Lee, a six foot five version of Spencer Lee. That is uncanny. Yeah, Spencer Lee's now the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, guys. Congrats to Spencer. He won NCAs. He's now a, a nice Buffalo Bills. Huh? He's gonna get a nice payday. Nice yeah. payday. So congrats. Everything turning up Spencer Lee this year because he is Josh Allen, and it's irrefutable. And with that discovery by, what's his name, Alex Fox, I think it's time to go. I think we can play play us out, and uh, we can call it a show. It's 9-13 here in beautiful Austin, Texas. I can't wait to get into World Team Trials with you, Christian. It's going to be great. Oh. Discussing all the possible scenarios, who's going to be in Final X for the – well, all 10 weights need to decide the second guy to final X. Yeah. And uh, so we'll get to that and much more Thursday. I'm sure you've got some great content on the way. Wrestling Nomad. Thank you to ASICS. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for your sponsorship. And we will see you next time. That's Thursday here on FRL. Thanks, guys.